DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. BYU living the dream right now. Undefeated. Cinderella story, that might be too much. But, PK... What? Cinderella story for Indiana, no doubt. Indiana. Our entire lives. Hasn't Indiana sucked for all but like two or three years? Well, yeah, Kent Benson ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Indiana basketball from how long ago? 45 years? It was the last undefeated <laughs> team, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, they get a lot of run every year for that. They got Ohio State coming up a week from Saturday. Are you giving them any shot? College football needs some juice. They need shockers. Not happening, huh? No, I think there's three great teams, and Ohio State's one of them, and I think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence is the other, and then obviously Alabama. Although the thing that bugs me with Clemson, when they were losing, that's when I want to see shots of Big Dave. I don't want to see shots of Big Dave when everything is going great. I mean, his size... The quarterback's father, mm-hmm. uh great. He's a big dude. But everyone's going to celebrate when it's your kid out there. You're living the dream. I want to see when he's sucking, when he gets sacked and takes a big loss in OT. That's when I want to see Big Dave. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clemson, Texas A&M, Florida, the one-loss teams in front of BYU. And undefeated Cincinnati, other than those three great teams. You got the Cougars passing any of those teams? Yeah, Cincinnati doesn't have a prayer against Zach Wilson. Are you kidding me? Come on, see the light, my good brethren. They got three of their last four on the road. I'll put in the cistern, too, for that matter. I don't want to have anything against the cistern. The brethren and the cistern, BYU's for real. They're legit. Jeez, man. You're just trying to irritate Ute fans right now? No. I'm not. Ute fans are the furthest thing from my mind, and I love them. Some of my best friends are Ute fans. No, this is about BYU. This is not a slam against Utah. This is all about the Cougars. And it's all about the U when it's all about the U. But right now, it's all about the Y. It's all about the Y. You follow me? Got it. You realize in rivalry lore, there are these big games, there are these moments, right? 34-31 and uh, uh, pump my gas and, you know, you, you come forward and I hate everything about them and magic happens. And, and now, what is the handle going to be? What is this short? If BYU completes the undefeated season... Beat North Alabama, that ought to be a given. Beat San Diego State, who just lost to San Jose State, and then beat whoever they draw in the bowl game. And they're 11-0, and they haven't played the Utes. It seems to me like that is something that would end up sticking in everybody's craw for a long time. I don't know what the, I don't know what the shorthand would be for it. You know, there's got to be some way to reference that quickly. Well, to kind 2020. Of 
the bizarre <laughs> nature of 2020. I mean, it's been bizarre from start to finish, right? So you factor that in. But who's to say Utah? Oh, man, I'd be pulling for them hard. That might be the one time I'd pull for them hard to beat the Devils and then win the conference, and they... Oh, play. Utah and BYU in the yeah. Fiesta Bowl. And because they've already had one game canceled, they just say, we cannot put you in the playoff at six games. That's just too few which I personally wouldn't have a problem with, even though I'm a Pac-12 homer. But we're going to put you in the Fiesta Bowl, and you're going to play BYU. <laughs> Best case scenario. That really is, yeah. Please let that happen. Because <laughs> I have a hard time thinking that a, a team that's only played six games. Would get in the playoffs. I, I yeah. just Because there's going to be with, somebody out there yeah. at 8-1, and 10-1, whatever. Even with my Pac-12 bias, and this is something I've been talking about now for a couple of weeks, that I'm starting to think the Pac-12 season's just about playing games and recouping some money. And there's going to be a race, there's going to keep standings, but it's not going to be completely legitimate. How would they get in the playoff versus a 9-1 Texas A&M team that only lost Alabama if A&M runs the table? Or, well, I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs. Right. Or, or, you, or you're talking, talking about Pac-12. Yeah, I'm talking about the Pac-12 champ. That's going to be the, the question for the Pac-12 champ. Is it 6-7-0 or 6-0? Are you going to be... A&M is set up now. Now, maybe something... I mean, it's... You know, the, college football has been wildly unpredictable as the games get bigger and as time runs out in the season. And we have seen some some crazy uh-huh. upsets. And they got to play Auburn at the end of the year. So, you know, maybe Auburn gets them, right? Uh, they got to play LSU and LSU, you know, maybe they weren't good early in the year because they had to replace so many guys, but they rise up and play a great game late in the year because they got talent, you know. So I don't know that we can look at any one of these teams, but I think Miami – Lost to Clemson and only has the one loss. A&M lost to Alabama. That's their only loss. If one of those teams runs the table, I think Miami would be 10-1. I think A&M would be 9-1. and uh, How would a 6-0 and or 7-0 and Pac-12 team edge them out? Maybe they would, but I'm not convinced they would. Well, and obviously there's the... That means you got into the final game on only five games, and I can't go that. And obviously... I just can't... I can't do it. Yeah. Obviously, Notre Dame is set up if they lose a close one to Clemson in a rematch in the ACC title game. They're set up to get in the playoff. So they're, you can right. see who the teams are. Even if, you know, and if Oklahoma State runs the table, maybe they get back in the mix. But even if the Big 12 is left out, there's no guarantee the Pac-12 won't be left out in favor of a second SEC or ACC team that's sitting on one loss. As much as I'd no, like Indiana so. to screw this whole thing up, that would be hilarious because Indiana's been pretty much nothing my whole life. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> Ohio State's going to pound them. I know. Because they always they're really do. Good. And they're, I think they've got one of their better teams, and they've always had, uh, most of the time, have elite-level talent. And I think this year they've got even more. Uh, so with that in mind, I mean, we get three of the spots in my mind are in, uh, but I, I just can't find a way to put a team that's only played five regular season conference games. That's just too few, too many things can happen. How many, we'd have to go back and look how many times has the team that's been in first place after five games won the division. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to do the math on that one for you. Right, right. 
There's just too many things that can happen. I mean, that's that's that, that doesn't even get you into November. And if it does, it only gets you the first week. It's it's nothing against the conference. I mean, you know, they had to cancel the game. They had to cancel the game. So be it. But it's just something that, to me, it just doesn't seem legitimate enough. You know, the NBA uh, played enough games. Baseball didn't, but teams that were expected to do really well did it and got in there. So maybe you can say, well, uh, if it's Oregon and SC and they only played five games, well, they were picked to win it. And so if they would have played four more, they would have won it. But I don't know because it's the Pac-12, man. This is and, – and these conferences – this conference is – it may not be great, but it's deep. I mean, you just look at Oregon State, right? They, they, they're not very good. But yet their quarterback from last year gets a start yesterday with Jacksonville. and mm-hmm. He throws for over 300 yards. Yeah. Sixth-round draft this pick. This is what this they, conference does. Throw them right in there. Yeah. Right. And the Devils, they're 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 okay. It's who they are, and they they're the definition of okay. But yet they've had first round talent at receiver the last two years. It's what they do. This is what this conference does. And so the point is that they're capable of pulling upsets, as we saw last year, at the next to last game season with Oregon going down. So under the circumstances, if last year was this year, Oregon would have been in the playoff. So it, it's just, they're just not playing enough games, particularly if they get one game. If you get two games postponed, forget it. You're not running the gauntlet. You're only running half the gauntlet. It's like running a half marathon. <laughs> yeah. It's great, but yeah. it's not a marathon. It's a half marathon. And so you're projecting that against teams that, even though they're not playing their skills, full schedule either, they're playing double. In some cases, if not. Well, I, I think when you look at when you look at the SEC, they're not playing twelve games; they're playing ten. But they're playing ten conference games instead of eight, so is, they're getting the full test. More than normal. Yeah, yeah. they're missing out on right. Western Carolina right. and the Citadel and Louisiana right. or whoever right. else they truck in for an October and November win. So they're looking at it like we've been fully tested. Meanwhile, over there in the Pac-12, you're supposed to be playing 10 games to win a conference title, nine plus the championship game. And if you're only if you're over there playing five or six, no, not happening. Especially because the table's already tilted against them anyway. So, all right, we got to take a break so that we can get back on time for Kyle Whittingham. He's about to speak to the media today. Hear more about uh, the Arizona game not being played and the UCLA game being pushed back from Friday to Saturday night. If you didn't hear that, that game's rescheduled for Saturday night on FS1 830. Kyle Whittingham's coming up next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There are a couple of reasons that I didn't become a doctor. Same reasons you what, didn't become what? a paleontologist. Why do you crack a smile and well, then make just, a joke? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's a couple of reasons I wasn't a lawyer. Number one, the LSAT scared me. Number two, I thought I'd fail miserably. And number three, I didn't think I was smart enough. So, yeah, there are just a couple of reasons why I didn't become a lawyer. Can I make a point without you attacking me? I'm not attacking you. Like, you've never talked about wanting to be a doctor before. To me, this seems like you were just right on the cusp of going to medical school. And then just these one or two little things came up and made you think, no, I'm not going to do that. Doctor. 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 Can you not attack me? You know, it bugs me when you do that. Doctor. 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 Stop playing that. And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? 
Hans and Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham. Utah football coach, we're back from break a little early because we're not sure the exact timing on this. But in a few minutes, we ought to be hearing from Kyle. It's supposed to go at 8.30, but usually it's a couple minutes early. You know, Kyle. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, you know, our listeners ought to understand the only place you're going to hear Kyle Whittingham all season long during the week is right here on the Zone Sports Network, and it's right here on DJ and PK because he's going to be doing this every Monday and Tuesday. It's the only place you're going to get it live right here. He has redone his schedule. Uh, historically, he's had a noon press conference, and PK and I usually finish the show and then head up there. And, uh, and be there for his noon press conference. But new schedule, new era, everything's changed with COVID. So now his weekly availability looks like it's going to be locked in at 8.30 in the morning. So every Monday morning we'll have it for you live right here on 97.5 yeah. and 1280 The Zone. He had changed it to 11 last year, and now they're going to Oh, yeah, it did go to 11, early. you're right, yeah. And they're going to have it uh, at 8.30. So a lot of questions, and I don't know how many answers he'll have <laughs> on this particular subject, but... Uh, He'll get the uh, opportunity to speak on it here in a second. I'm going to jump on, too. So how many players are going to become available uh, Friday or Saturday morning uh, who are coming out of some 10- or 14-day window, whatever it is? Because moving that game back on short notice like this, really unusual any other time, slightly unusual in 2020, very unusual for every other year. But it suggests that uh, although we didn't find out about the game being, or at least I didn't, I don't know when you knew, PK, but we didn't find out about the game being uh, off until Friday. They must have had some guys already in the window, it seems like. Oh, for sure. No, I didn't find out until everybody else found out. It wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so I found out when everybody else found out. So, obviously, this is an issue, and. And they, uh, Mark Harlan put out a press release yesterday, so they've gone two days without uh, being uh, positive. So think positively. Maybe it'll happen. All right, here's Kyle Whittingham at the podium. Kyle, good morning. How are you? Morning, Josh. Doing okay. Um, just if you guys had tested positive on Friday and then you guys were able to test negative on Saturday and Sunday, does that indicate that there were some false positives on Friday? Uh you know, there there was a couple, but uh, I'm trying to. It's it's so convoluted, and every day is it's a different story. And so I can't remember exactly. We've had false positives throughout this whole process. I can't remember exactly if there were some that uh, went from Friday to to the weekend. I I couldn't tell you for certain, but uh, maybe one, maybe one. Just to follow that up. Um... I know that there were multiple positives on Friday. Did this have to do with one particular position group or was it kind of spread out amongst the roster? Well, it was spread out, but there were two position groups that were decimated uh, more so than any other. And, and uh, that's why ultimately we, you know, we couldn't play because of, uh, first of all, total number of scholarship players in the two position groups we really couldn't line up and uh, get it done. We'll go next to Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com, followed by Ryan Costeca from SI.com. Coach, so so since you guys weren't able to play on Saturday, you guys you guys probably got to watch the Bruins take on Colorado, and they they were able to put up a lot of points. Uh, what what do you make of their offense, and obviously on their defensive side as well? Yeah, there's a lot of points uh, put up in the game. 
uh, high scoring game. Uh, quarterback's a tremendous athlete. Um, they've got uh, you know skill all around him. Uh, slot receiver's very good. Uh, defensively, you know, they had a tough time stopping Colorado, but but uh, you know, they got athletes, and uh, we got to work it out for us. Next, we'll go to Ryan Costeco, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Hey, Coach, how are you doing this morning? Good, thank you. So, who may have the advantage, you know, come Saturday night? Obviously, either UCLA, the team that played and maybe was able to iron out some mistakes, or you guys, you know, you actually get to see what they can do on film and sort of game plan that way while UCLA has nothing to view. Yeah, uh, there's arguments on both sides. Typically, the old adage is you make your most improvement between game one and two. So, so they've got that uh, on their side. Uh, as far as us, we have uh, a full tape, uh, game tape to watch and study and analyze from them this year where they have nothing on us yet this year. So, so who knows? Uh, advantages uh, both ways, depending how you look at it. We'll go next to Patrick Kinahan, followed by Josh Newman. I'm wondering with this COVID situation, how is it affecting your repetitions that you're giving players in practice? Do you give some more to some guys that you normally wouldn't to make sure if you need to use them during games that they're ready? Absolutely. And just for the sheer fact that uh, our numbers, and you have to give guys reps. I mean, somebody's got to take the reps. And so the guys that, that are available are the guys that are getting the reps. And, and uh, it certainly has been a, a, uh, a juggling act, you know, every week, every every day, essentially, is getting lineups and and getting people back uh, from quarantine or or from the virus itself, and then you're losing some people, and and so it's uh, it's been tough to keep continuity, but I'm sure, the whole country is having the same issue. I would imagine. Our next question will come from Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Josh Furlong. Kyle, as you get ready to practice here today, between. Uh, between positives and contact tracing, do you still have players in quarantine or is everybody out of quarantine? Oh, no, we got several. Several, several. several active cases, several quarantine. Uh, that hasn't changed much at all. When we had the rash of, of, of positives at the end of last week, those take time. I mean, 10 days, two weeks. Yes, yeah, so those guys, that's an that's a ongoing process. Just to follow that up real quick, the statement that the athletic department released last night indicated that there were some staff members that had also tested positive. Is that accurate that some on your staff are positive? Yes. Next, we'll go to Josh Furlong, followed by Chris Comrani from The Athletic. Kyle, we haven't talked to you since you got your contract extension. I know you've been kind of on record as saying you haven't necessarily wanted to coach past 65, so what what um, is kind of uh, the rationale behind that? Obviously, consistency, but like, what what do you feel like is the benefit of being able to to have that extension through twenty twenty seven? Well, I think for recruits, uh, knowing that the staff and the, and the, and the uh, program is stable and has uh, the backing of the university, uh, you know, whether they finish out the contract or not is is uh, secondary to the fact that that uh, the recruits understand how confident our administration is in uh, what we're doing and, and uh, that's really what that predominantly is, is about confidence and, and uh, that's good for recruits to know that. Next question, Chris Comrani from The Athletic. Kyle, we last talked to you on Wednesday morning. Had this been going on throughout the week or is this something that popped up Wednesday and then into Thursday and Friday? Well, it, it's been sporadic all through the 
you know, the months that we've been practicing as far as positives, they've been shown up here and there. But we had a, uh, a, a rash of them on Friday. And so that's why it was such a, a late notice to, to have to opt out of the game. And uh, that's when it really hit. It was, it was Friday and then uh, Saturday as well. And just as a quick follow-up, have you been able to figure out where some of your guys may have contracted the disease? No, no. So there's so much going on in this county. We're one of the hot spots in the nation. It's it's everywhere. And so we we uh, can't say for certain uh, what happened. Or you know, there's really no common thread between the players that tested positive. Or very little in common. And so uh, it's just it's out there. I mean, it's. It's, uh, unless you're in a complete bubble and having contact with nobody and not touching anything, I mean, it's uh, you know with, with what's going on in our county, it's it's very difficult to uh, to stay uh, you know, from from getting the virus. Our next question will come from Kyle Bonagura from ESPN.com. Hey, Kyle. It- if you had a rash of positive cases on Friday and the protocols are 10 or 14 days, how confident are you to be able to play on, on Saturday? Well, we're trying and we hope to, uh, every day is different. And, uh, if we get a few more positives this week then that could knock us out of the game this weekend. So it's a day-to-day thing. And, uh, we are doing our best to be able to play the game, but, uh, if we have, uh, you know, if we lose many more guys this week, then, you know, maybe another situation we're not able to. So we'll just take it day by day and see what happens. But for now that you had enough guys leave uh, isolation and quarantine, so you, you do currently have enough bodies to be able to play? Uh, barely. We're right on that, that borderline. And, and the difference this week is we do have a extra time to, to try to prepare some guys that really have been getting zero reps because of their status on the depth chart. Whereas when it happened last Friday – we were under the threshold as well, but we also didn't have any time to, to you know, there was no practice left to, to try to get some of the walk-ons up to speed. It was just an impossible situation. And so uh, at least this week, even though we don't have uh, very many more players of any at our disposal than we had last week, at least we have time to uh, try, try to get some guys trained up as best we can. Got it. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Chris Comrade, followed by Ryan Costeca. Kyle, I'm not asking for your medical opinion, but I do think there's a, <laughs> I, I do think there's a uh, a significant portion of of folks in the state that think that this virus is being overblown. And obviously, we've seen what the community spread can do when it comes to affecting sports. So I would, I just, I guess, I just ask, what would you say to those folks that think that <laughs> this thing is being overblown? Because obviously, this has an effect on your program and their team. So I, I guess I would just ask, what would you say to those folks that maybe aren't taking this thing as vigilantly as possible? Well, it's, there's no doubt it's out there and it's, it's affecting uh, literally thousands and thousands of people, uh, depending how old you are. I mean, that obviously has a big effect on what kind of impact it actually has as far as you being sick and what you're able to do or not do. But uh, we've had some players that uh, become very sick almost in the hospital. So uh, it's there. And uh, you know, like you said, I'm not a medical expert. I don't want to try to expound on something that I really don't know much about other than that it has impacted us. And like I said, we've had one player that uh, had a tough go with it. 
We'll have a couple more. Ryan Kosteka from SI.com, followed by Josh Newman. Coach, you just mentioned that uh, you're right now kind of on the stand threshold of having the active players. Is there any hope that you might be getting players back this week that could, you know, maybe bump up your numbers a little bit? We hope that's uh, an ongoing discussion with uh, medical staff, uh, county medical people, both here and, and uh, down in Southern California, because I guess we're going to get on a plane and go down to their, their turf that uh, they've got certain requirements that may be a little bit different than ours up here. And so that's trying to be ironed out right now and see exactly what uh, what the what the outcome's going to be. And, and we're hoping that we get a few more, but uh, that's not known at this time. We're still working through that. And Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, are you able to give any insight into just how amenable uh, the Pac-12 and UCLA were when you when you went to them trying to get the game backed up one day? Uh, I did not have any conversation with them, but I know based on what I've been told by our administration that, that everyone's trying to work together on this and, and uh, it's give and take and, and trying to make things happen. And I'm sure that uh, you know, Chip Kelly and his staff weren't too uh, brokenhearted about having an extra day to prepare because it was a short week for both of us. And again, we're on equal footing because of the short week, but, but uh, that gives them an advantage as well as not having the short turnaround and gives us uh, a chance to have an extra day to, to get some of these guys up to speed as best we can. Some of these guys that haven't taken really any reps since camp started since we broke into scout teams, which was uh, after the first week of camp, uh, we got a bunch of guys that are now going to be counted on to, uh, to uh, help us win. And, uh, so that's where we're at. Thanks Kyle. Okay. You bet. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. There's Kyle Whittingham's weekly media availability and uh, PK. There's plenty of stuff to talk about right there. But the first thing is that uh, Kyle's the king is showing no weakness, but, Sounds like this is uh, grinding him down a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's frustrated. He wants to play football. Obviously, it's what he does. It's the time of year that you're playing football. And this thing that is known as COVID is getting in the way. (laughs) I mean, I don't dismiss it. I just point it in the football sense. It's getting in the way of practice. He's giving reps to players that normally wouldn't get first-team reps. He doesn't know who's available day-to-day. It's all up in the air. The upheaval is tremendous. And it's not to take away from the level of importance. It's just that he's trying to prepare to win games. And it is, a, you know, a nuisance is it's not the right word, but it's an obstacle. Obviously, it's a very serious obstacle at that. So I'm not minimizing that by any stretch. And it's impacting what they want to have happen. It's impacting everyone. His life for him as a football coach is to prepare his football team to go prepare games for others it's whatever your way of life is and what your occupation your family whatever it might be if you got kids in school the online stuff that's a that's a nuisance and a hassle and an obstacle blah 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 but for him it's about football and this stuff is getting in the way and he wants to play football and he can't and he doesn't know really you can't say for sure that this game is going to happen friday or saturday excuse me by any stretch you know i don't know what the odds would be but who knows where Monday and who knows what Thursday and Friday is going to bring. Well, clearly they'll be watching the positive tests and they've got to, I mean, he made it pretty clear if he came in the middle of that, that they've had positive tests on and off throughout the whole yeah. time. And, makes sense they would. Right, exactly. And it also makes sense that they've had false positives on and off throughout the whole time. That's it, been an issue. 
Yeah, I mean, you got 85 scholarship guys, you got the walk-ons, you've got not just the staff in terms of assistants, but, you know, trainers, doctors, equipment people. I mean, there's a, a whole slew of people. You know, I mean, they, there's somebody, there's, there's people working in the cafeteria because they eat right there in the building. Um, you know, there's all kinds of people, support people around the program. So there's a lot of stuff to uh, worry, and, you know, he's sitting at the top of the pyramid worrying about all of it. So... Saturday night, I wonder how many I wonder how many players are getting back. And I wonder how many I mean he's not gonna he doesn't want to reveal too much, but clearly there's some third and fourth stringers, guys that are completely yeah. off everybody's radar, except, you know, the coaches and their teammates, but as as far as the public and the media, there are gonna be some players playing who are just way off everybody's radar. That was right. that was pretty clear listening uh, to That's why also. this this season's bogus in terms of races. In terms of assessing about what program is in what place and you yeah. Know. Now but, I still play because the kids want to play, recoup the money, fans want it, even if it's just for three hours of something else. Uh, so I just I'm not going to put stock. Now the team who wins is going to put all stock, a uh, bunch of stock, and I get all that, and and I would too, and have fun with it. Might as well. We got enough grief, but I just don't think it's a legitimate test in the way we've known. Com- certainly compared to what the Utes have done the last couple of years when. They were, you know, the bona fide division winners and deserved everything that they got. And this year, it's I'm not going to knock the teams that win, but it's just it's just a funky situation. But still play them and go ahead and have fun with them. And then, how much will the teams to lose get knocked? How many coaches and coaching staffs are going to lose their jobs over this? I mean, we've already I seen think, uh, we've already seen change at Utah State. You know, uh, I don't think there'll be as many. I think that buying coaches out will be difficult. And I think there is the recognition that this isn't a normal year and bizarre things are going to happen in games because you're going to have bizarre combinations of players available. Well, no one's going to get fired because of this season, if that's what you're asking. This season exclusively, nobody. It's not about this season exclusively when it comes to replacing coaches. All right, DJ and PK, it's the Utes. It's the UCLA Bruins Saturday night at 830 Probably, if there aren't too many more positive tests. Kyle made it pretty clear that they are, uh, they are riding a pretty fine line. They'll get some guys back, but uh, they also could lose some more guys. So I guess we'll just stand by each day and wait to hear what happens with the Utes as far as whether they get this game off or whether the season opener is going to become the uh, USC and ASU right out of the gate in your first two games. Ready and go! Or will they get UCLA before that? It's a weird year. That's all you can say. And listening to Kyle just reinforces it. It's a weird year. All right, DJ and PK, more in a moment. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're talking about the 8-0 Cougars with Dick Harmon, sports columnist for the D News, coming up at 9.05. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Apparently there is a bowling alley having a naked bowler night. What a surprise you picked this story. Well, it's unusual. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. There is one particular item of clothing that everyone must wear. Bowling shoes. Boy, that's one time you don't want to see Harry pick up the 710 split. (laughs) You have a one-track mind, you know that? How do I have a one-track mind? This is an unusual event. What sport would you most prefer to uh, to, to, to play naked? What about naked axe throwing? (laughs) The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. 
Uyunglele on the ball, in the shotgun, drops back, steps up, moves to his right, throws, completes, ball pitched behind, ball on the ground, Notre Dame trying to pounce on it, game over, Notre Dame knocks off number one. There's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 and when you can win some fabulous prizes on the big show. The final play as Notre Dame takes down number one ranked Clemson. All right, PK, the question of the morning. BYU, now 8-0. They won at Boise State. What can they say now that BYU has stopped Boise State? What criticism? What obstacle can be thrown on the Cougars' path? Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK. Hit us up on uh, Twitter, David DJ James, 855-340-ZONE. Grab your phone, use the open mic feature, send us your take. Chad says, while they may not have been at full strength, the injuries were on the offensive side of the ball, and Wilson and the BYU offense were humming. Boise State isn't Clemson. But no one can argue that they're at least a huge step up from Western Kentucky. Good statement win that BYU needed to help ensure a New Year's Six Bowl game. And they blew them out, too. That's that's the thing about these guys. I think if they were grinding out wins, if every game was UTSA, it wouldn't be near as attractive. But right now, this is a beauty queen, this offense. They are humming, whoever said that. Zach Wilson playing at a high level. The coaching staff is in sync with the players, vice versa. They really have it going on, man. And the one area where I thought going into that game where BYU had a distinct advantage, I think manifest itself. I thought BYU's offensive line against Boise's defensive line was the one area where I could see going into the game that they had an advantage. Now, of course, if you tell me that Sears goes out early and they've got to put in a return missionary kid, freshman quarterback, obviously I would have created some other scenarios in which BYU would have had an advantage, but I wasn't anticipating that. But the area where I thought they had an advantage, I mean, it showed up early as Algier would go 87 yards, and the receivers are making plays. The tight ends, man. Rex looks like he's going to be a player, does he not? Big time. He looks like for, and, and not for just, just a young kid. Not just the catches he's made, and he had two catches yeah. uh, for scores in the third quarter, but on that 86-yard touchdown run by Algier on the second play of the game, the second they, level. they did a really good job of doing the uh, – the, the wide shot where they show you all 22 players, they say, watch where he yeah. goes. And like, oh, he blocked that safety. And there's, you're like, why? When the play is happening live, you're like, well, where is everybody? I mean, Algier's just going up the middle of the field. There's nobody there. It was pretty cool. You know, he's looking over his right shoulder. He's looking over his left shoulder. Do I need to veer away from anybody? Is anyone even close? And when they showed that, you could see that Rex really, that, that block just opened everything up. Hmm. So and Lapini Katoa really didn't have that kind of 86-yard run, which is really going to skew your average. But uh, before he went out injured, he had eight carries for 66 yards. Nothing over 20 yards, but eight for 66, eight yards a pop. Well, he had a 20-yard touchdown run. Yeah, the 20-yarder was longer, but he had nothing over 20. Uh, but eight yards a pop. And so they, they didn't run the ball. Uh, I don't know. It's not like they were out there grinding out uh, 60 carries or anything. But, uh, I mean, they did have 38 carries, 214 yards. So, to your point, the O-line, they had it going. 
But they got a couple of NFL guys, and they got a couple other guys who may be borderline or will get a look or whatever. So they ought to have an advantage most games, and they had an advantage in that one. And we heard that B.J. Reigns came on and said, you know, the, the, there were questions on the offensive-defensive line. He thought the O-line had answered questions and the D-line had not. And that's exactly how it played out. And it wasn't just the run blocking. You know, Zach Wilson had time to throw and, again, completing a really high percentage. What was he at, like 78 77%, something like that? Uh, 350 yards. I mean, the offensive numbers are just video game stuff. You know, run for 200 yards, throw for 350, score 50 points, and they're doing it. But nevertheless, it's what I believe that they're capable of doing. And Zach Wilson, one of the underrated aspects of his game is his mobility. He's exactly what I want from my quarterback. I want him to have mobility, but I don't want him to be a runner. Yes. I want him to do it when he needs it, and he can do it. There's no question he can do it. He's got all sorts of athleticism. So he can get around the edge or whatever whatever he needs to do in, in, in a, on a scramble situation and he needs six yards, he can run up the middle, get the six yards, get down, do what he needs to do there because he's got enough athletic ability, but I don't want him to be thinking run. You know, Taysom Hill thought run, obviously. Well, he was an incredible athlete. He's leaping tall buildings. He did it again last night. A phenomenal performance by Taysom, obviously. Did so many things. Well, he's an incredible athlete. There's very few guys like that. Kyler Murray, I think, was one. Certainly he was one in college and and probably can be one in the NFL. But the rest of my guys, I want them to be mobile, but I don't want them to be a runner as a quarterback. And that's exactly what he is. Well, for BYU now, a bye week to try to uh, get guys healthy, and Katoa was limping off the field, and they won't need him against North Alabama either. And then there's two more bye weeks. You're now opposed to putting the game in there. They're not getting in the playoff. You think they're in the New York New York Six, so why risk it? Because it's fun. Because they want to make sure they're in the New Year Six. But I see no reason for it. I wonder what kind of opponent they, they can get. It sounded good all along, but, you know, the Big Ten, when Nebraska wanted to play a non-conference game, they said, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, who's no, going to get another AAC or Sunbelt type of opponent? Yeah. Or, or, or rescheduling Army. And if you reschedule Army, it seems like, all right, that makes sense because you had an agreement. And so if things can be worked out, go ahead and fulfill that agreement, and then they'll owe you a game. That would be great. So I'm not opposed to it. I just see no reason for it. My point being, I don't see a reason why they need to add to their resume. Their resume, assuming they go 2-0 and the rest of the way, is to me good enough to get into a New Year's Day 6. All the stuff that they bring. They are a story. You can sell that. This is, and when we come to have these games, this is entertainment that they're putting on television. TVs look at it from the entertainment aspect, as they should, just like it is a soap opera. It is uh, one a game of the reality show. shows. A game show. Whatever it might be. Sure. Yes. And BYU has sizzle, and they can sell you. You can make some money off of these guys. So they will have enough data to deserve to be in. My point is, if they go 2-0 and the rest of the way, they don't need another data point to get in. If they want to, go ahead. Absolutely. The more the merrier. The more games we have, the better. But my point that I'm making is they don't need it to get in. They go 10-0 and with the sizzle that they have offensively. 
they become very attractive. They become downright sexy. It's like that girl next door that you've been looking at, and she blossoms. We've all seen it. I can remember this <laughs> girl in high school. Nice gal. I liked her. A friend of mine. Her name was Donna. Well, she's a little chubby, but great person, right? I work Phoenix Parks and Rec, and we used to do these things where we'd set up these stages, and these kids would perform, and they'd have these musical acts. And my friend Donna, I hadn't seen her in like three, four years out of high school, and she was in a dance, still is, runs a dance studio. And uh, I hadn't seen her. Well, man, she blossomed. <laughs> and, and so she starts talking to me at this place like I didn't, and I didn't recognize her. And she says, you don't recognize me, do you? I said, no. And she said her name. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> now, it had no bearing on her person. She was a great person. It's just when, you, when high school, you go your separate ways. So I hadn't seen her for a few years. And, boy, she, she looks super attractive to me. And it's still a great person either way, so I don't want to highlight that. But that's what I'm saying. BYU maybe not was as attractive to the TV folks the last few years. But this year, they have blossomed, and they look beautiful to the TV. All the stuff that they could sell to the television, I think the television's going to want them. DJ PK, television wants the Masters this week. And you know what happens when there's a major championship. You win a golf. It's got a Masters giveaway, and it is for a putter. And it will be the brand of putter that the Masters champion plays. So the zone is going to pair the top 25 players in the field with 25 qualifiers, and we're going to get a 26th qualifier who will get the field. So... As this contest goes on this week, when they ask for caller 12. Yeah, the field, by the way, can, contains Tiger Woods, Bubba Watson, etc. Yeah, just but throw a couple Sergio names. Sergio Garcia. Sergio on there, yes. No, not Sergio. He's withdrawing. He's tested positive. Oh, is he out? Oh, okay. Yes. So all week long, when we ask for caller 12, 855-340-ZONE, and then whoever's caller 12 will be assigned a player in the field this week at the Masters. It's brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah Golf since 1971. Now we're going to do a qualifier here. Yak, who's the golfer? How about we go with Brooks Kepka? Right, right out of the gate, huh? Yeah, why not? All righty then. Fun. Caller 12, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE for Brooks Kepka. And then if he wins, you get the brand of putter that he plays. It's all brought to you by the folks at Uinta Golf, their Masters giveaway. DJ and PK, call right now, 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. We'll have qualifiers in every show uh, all week leading up to the Masters starting Thursday morning. Of course, we'll talk to, uh, to Brian and Bob as we get closer to the tournament as well. DJ and PK, coming up next, Cougar football. Dick Harmon joins us from the Deseret News. Stay with us.